Welcome to the Business Legends Podcast, where we interview business leaders and entrepreneurs so that you can learn from their mistakes, pump up your own inspiration, and grow your bottom line. I'm the host of the show, Reese Arlen, along with my co-host, the CEO of Business Marketing Solutions Group, Christian Webb. Good morning. Good morning. How sore are you today, Reese? I'm on the struggle bus royale. <laughs> Let's not forget we are accompanied by the greatest videographer of all time. It's just underneath my uh, my face. Let's see if we can get him. Oh, got him. It's David Woodruff with Genesis Film TV. Make sure to show him some love. Today we have a very special guest, Miss Rachel Miner with Thrive Benefits. Did I get all that correct this time? You did. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We didn't have very much time to prepare, you I know, know. So I'm I'm pretty proud of uh, the fact that we got it. So what is what is Thrive Benefits? It's definitely not the patch. So tell me about about what you are and what you do. Um, we are a benefits consulting firm. We work with mid market companies. Um, mainly paternalistic companies who really care about their employees, uh, helping them to have long-term sustainability of good benefits, and also helping their employees to be kind of better consumers of their health care. Yeah. We're going to have to introduce you to um, actually last week's guest. His name is Thomas Henning, and he uh, his company has um, – they basically – it's Stratus Clean, and so they'll, they'll go in and they're – they're concerned about the wellness and well-being of oh, cool. all their employees, type of thing. That'd be a really good connection for yeah. you. A lot, of, a lot of the same words coming out of both of you. Yeah, it was almost it love was eerie. And care. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Taking care of benefit, you know, your employees. I'm here like you got to like market that. and make money. He's like, no, you just got to love. Yeah, you just got to <laughs> peace and love and tranquility for <laughs> yeah. everyone, man. No, he's not. He's not. You know, zen he is like a great that, guy, but though. he's he's tremendous. But nevertheless, so so you do a lot of different benefits. I imagine that's everything from health insurance. Uh, do you do anything in and out of the workplace as well, or Primarily just insurance benefits and stuff like that. Um, it's primarily insurance benefits. So it's dental, vision, disability, life, um, cancer, critical illness, hospital indemnity, pretty much just that. I yeah. focus on employee benefits. I'm gotcha. not a jack of all trades. Yeah. I yeah. try and be a master of one. Yeah, that's hey, that's that's uh, brilliant. You know, there's there's too many people um, over and over and over again on this show. We see that people are uh, trying to do too much at once, and I love using. Um, probably, I don't know, episode 12 or something, we had Carol White join us, and she her company is Payroll Plus HCM. And uh, she was talking about payroll, and as she was talking about it, my eyes were rolling in the back of my head because I had no idea what she was talking about. <laughs> so I was smiling. I was like, oh, yeah, totally, Carol. I know what you're talking about. But people just try to do too much with, totally. with too little. you know. Yeah. And um, it's it's incredible that there's this mindset where you, if you're an entrepreneur and a business owner, you have to do everything yourself. And you yeah. just don't. And that's one of the big things that we try to, you know, promote on this show type of thing. But anyway, needless to say, with all that, how how has your business uh, changed through COVID? I mean, what's that like? Yeah, like ring, with, ring. Yeah. How do I protect my employees from getting COVID? Yeah, like what's that? What's that about? <laughs> Guys, my business hasn't changed at all with COVID. Oh, wow. No, I'm totally kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm totally you're kidding. the only one? Yeah, yeah, about that. Congratulations. Uh, so you're our business, one of one. Our business has changed tremendously. Um, I don't know if you'll follow health insurance too much, but the oh, carriers... Oh, yeah, it's, it's what I like. My hobby, Instagram, topic, my right? hobby. Yeah, yeah sure. it's sexy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so the carriers announced back in March that they were going to be waiving cost sharing for any COVID-related treatments. And so one of the big things that we've seen is that there's a lot of uncertainty, not to get too, like, nerdy or anything, mm-hmm. but basically when the actuaries created the premiums for this year, they never factored in COVID-related expenses. Sure. how could they? Um, yeah, I mean, nobody anticipated this, and so... Only if you created COVID. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> actuary math on something. COVID 2019. Your yes. actuary's working Wuhan by chance. <laughs> uh, so, Covered California did a study where basically they think that rates are going to go up in the in the fully insured market about 40% oh, up to oh, okay. um, for next year. Yeah, mm-hmm. so it's going to be 
kind of a challenge. One of the biggest things we're seeing is companies being more open to innovation now mm-hmm. than they've ever been just because they can't really sustain that uh, type of increase. And so we've seen that. We've also seen um, a lot more people utilizing their health insurance. Yeah, <laughs> imagine so. Uh, and then we've seen... Um, 40% um, increase. That would yeah. be, that'd be detrimental to companies with like three, oh, yeah. 400 employees plus. Totally. Could you imagine? Yeah. I mean, and that's a, that's a huge... Uh, piece of their overhead too. That's literally yeah. like saying, "Here's a couple million dollars coming out of your pocket every yeah. year." Oh. Yeah, all for the same, effectively the same coverage. It's just with the totally. additional challenge, you know. It's the second largest expense behind payroll, yeah. so it really is something on everybody's um, P and L that they should be taking a look at every year. Yeah. Um, but I think that things like this uh, generally will force companies, whether they want to or not, to take a look and say, how the heck can we be controlling this in a better way? Yeah, no kidding. Um, what, what types of uh, innovative things do you think that you know your company and, and others like it will come up with in order to deter that type of cost? Uh, so I specifically work with self-funded employers. So I basically look at working with employers who are willing to push the envelope. They look mm-hmm. at the traditional model and say, it's not necessarily working for me. I want to have more control. I want to be able to incentivize my employees to make better decisions. And so we basically take the traditional model, we break it apart, and we take best-in-class vendors, and we piece it back together, gotcha. um, which allows us to have a lot more control. It allows us to have kind of a win-win for both the employer and the employees. Mm-hmm. We're lowering deductibles. We're, you know, lowering co-pays. We're basically trying to help middle-class families to – have to be, not bear that burden of having crazy healthcare mm-hmm. costs and then helping employers to be able to offer really good benefits. Yeah. Because the other option is not to offer benefits. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> Which yeah. is, I mean, that's sad. Well, yeah. and it's, it's you know, somewhat illegal in some in some oh, situations yeah. with, with certain Yeah, it is. Well. So mm-hmm. anybody who's an applicable large employer mm-hmm. has to offer benefits through the ACA, but I only mm-hmm. work with employers that are over 100 um, employees and so mine all have to have to yeah Yeah. Yeah. otherwise they face the penalty but some employers you're right are choosing to say you know what this is cost prohibitive i'd rather Mm -hmm. take the penalty than offer the insurance yeah Mm because it's either pay your employees less so you can't afford the insurance yeah or buy the insurance and just come out of pocket totally it's kind of it's kind of a toss-up yeah it's a scary thing it's a scary circumstance for sure um, I'll never forget back when I was in, in grad school, him and I were actually personal trainers. No, you can't tell anymore, but, <laughs> um, it's, it's, it's been a rough 10 years on us, buddy. <laughs> but anyway, I did. Yeah, that's, that's definitely true. But we, um, that's weird since y'all are only 25, right? Yeah, exactly. Yes. Exactly. exactly. New yeah. favorite guest. Congratulations. <laughs> you, you just nailed it right there. Yes. 25. Exactly. If you want to, you know, if you want to card me when I, when I purchase alcohol, then yeah. that'll, that'll put you in my good grace. Increases sure, your tip immediately. And, yeah. And, yeah. And, <laughs> instantaneously. I will not be offended. I promise. If anybody's listening, always card a Reese. But anyway, um, I did a research project on, um, essentially, um, it, it was a big project on overhead, employee overhead, and it ranged in everything from healthcare benefits to employee wellness, things like that. Um, it was something I was very passionate about at the time and something I still care very deeply about. But long story short, the, uh, the summation of all of this entire project was that when employers set aside money for wellness things beyond, um, you know, beyond benefits. So insurance, of course, is very important when something happens to you, when you get sick or when something, you know, Maybe you fall and, and break something or something like that. But when employers were paying for things like their their employees' personal training or diet care mm-hmm. or seeing dietitians and stuff like that, overwhelmingly all of the employees they ended up saving money on that, even though they were they were paying for 
an additional service because yeah. everybody was so much healthier. Absolutely. So, um, I think there's a huge uh, need for that in the industry. And, you know, that goes back to what you were talking about with um, taking apart the old model yeah. type of thing, you know. Um, have you done any, any work with that, any types of stuff like that? Or, yeah, it's, yeah, it's actually really funny that you mentioned that because uh, I had a call this morning at 8 o'clock to go over a mid-year review with one of my clients. Mm-hmm. Their second largest expense right now is nutrition counseling. Mm-hmm. And their employees are taking huge advantage of it. Um, and we're super excited about it because their drug spend is significantly lower yeah. and their employees are healthier. And... I think anything you can do to be proactive and have more of like a functional type of medicine versus a reactive type of medicine mm-hmm. um, certainly helps your population. I think that we don't really provide health care. We kind of provide sick care. Yeah, we really do. For our health insurance. Yeah, we were just talking about that the other day. Um, yeah. You know, it's and like our obesity rates show it. Like, Yeah, it's oh, crazy. For sure. Yeah. And it, it just it's just getting worse and worse. You know, um, one of the one of the things we were talking about just the other day was that, um, you know, Obviously, COVID is is upon us. You know, we're taking extra precautions with hand sanitizers, washing hands, social distancing, wearing masks, and whatever else. But um, have you guys seen anything on the news about you know maybe try to take some multivitamins and eat some fruits and get nine hours of sleep per night and and you know that proactive care type of things? I haven't seen anything on that. Type Nothing. Of stuff. Yeah, and it's it's really a shame. It's a failure, in my opinion, of our of our entire healthcare system. I don't think that the system is broken. I think the system is working exactly as it was intended to. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because just to give you an example, my son has a lot of allergies. He's got Mm -hmm. 55 allergies. Oh, wow. And there's a treatment that is widely used in the rest of the world to cure allergies. It's called slut therapy, um, subimmunolingual therapy, which I'm sure y'all are going to research after this. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, If I can spell it. But yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Subimmunolingual therapy. Okay. Yeah. Got it. But basically, um, it's a couple drops underneath the tongue of a very, very, very diluted amount of the allergen, and it yeah. desensitizes your body over time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Our insurance in the U.S. does not cover it. And the reason why we don't cover it is because the pharmaceutical companies can't make any money off of it. Yeah. So it's more lucrative in our healthcare system to treat than it is to cure. Mm-hmm. And so. That is the way that everything works in our healthcare system. Things yeah. that could be a fix, like having mm-hmm. fresh fruits mm-hmm. for things like diabetes or right. yeah. um, obesity, uh, we don't incentivize and we don't provide benefits for it because it's not a money making opportunity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'd rather we'd rather supply heart medicine instead of supplying a gym membership early. Totally. Yeah, <laughs> it's it, it's really a shame, man. Um, you know, it, that's one of the one of my biggest pet peeves about the way our modern society works. To be honest, is that. It, it's like if it if it you know forget what's good and what's bad and what's good for people's health and bad for people's health. It's all about the money. You know what I'm saying? Hundred percent. Like, like you know you have big pharma pushing pushing drugs and pushing medications and and medicines you know down people's throats and you know there's not that that level of self sustaining care type of thing in, in the industry. But it, it's just really a shame, you know. Yeah. Um, and I I almost wonder and I hope this is my hope that with all of the COVID precautions that we've been forced to take. I hope that it takes it makes people think about their health a little bit more seriously. You know, um, America is is the leader in many industries, and one of the things that it's absolutely the leader in is diabetes and cardiovascular disease and obesity and and all of those horrible things that you know isn't helping people at the end of the day. Yeah, we're not making people wear calorie counters. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which yeah. I think that's a we need to make that a calorie counter that you have to wear. A calorie counter that it's you a, have it's to a wear. locked necklace until you have have your diet. Like it'd be control. difficult based on what you're shoving in your face, but yeah, 
Yeah. Well, you put a mask on them. We'll talk about it. So anyway, <laughs> <laughs> um, the uh, actually, you know, back to that. It's interesting. The reason he's against that, that, by the way, is because he's a donut guy. Dude, don't be talking about donuts. <laughs> Speaking of donuts, hang on. Let's take a sidebar on this one. Like um, we passed by Krispy Kreme <laughs> to get one. to to get to the Panera we meet at before this, and I saw the hot now light was on. I came this close to stopping. Like it was. So my kids. Yeah. I have three kids. We eat very healthy ninety five percent of the time, but every time we pass Krispy Kreme. I'll look at the kids and I'll say, are they hot? And yeah. they are the ones to scream, they're hot! Yeah, and they're when hot they do, now, I'm like skirt. so quickly peeling <laughs> yep. into yep. that. And I'll tell you, I could probably eat six hot Krispy Kreme donuts. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's the reason I had my first one, I think. Because yeah. we were going oh, to... Oh, they're uh, so good. He's like, you've yep. never had one? He's like, if the light's on, I was like stopping. Offended. I was like offended. I was like, okay, whatever. You know? I'll have one. Well, this <laughs> story... It was actually delicious. I'm glad I've never had one. I'm glad I've never had one. This story gets a little weirder than that because we don't have a Krispy Kreme up north where, where we're at in the Lake Norman area. Thank God. <laughs> I'd be I'd, I'd weigh quite a bit more if we did, but um, we, we went snowboarding. And so we went to, uh, we went to Sugar Mountain and... Literally, we have to detour to get to the Krispy Kreme. It's not a far detour. I mean, it's like maybe a mile or something um, on the way back home. And we were talking about it on the way back. And I mean, you know, we'd been skiing, snowboarding all day. And, and uh, you know, at that point, it's like just eat what you want because you, you're definitely at a calorie deficit. Yeah. But so we took a detour to go to it or whatever. And and he's like, this is so stupid. I can't believe we're doing this. <laughs> like he was actually physically mad at me, but that I made him stop. And, uh, and I was like, oh, now lights on. We're going. And um, I think, so I know we got the hot now Krispy Kremes, but didn't we go through Bojangles after that? We did. We did. We did. <laughs> not my proudest moment. We put the extra moment. on it. We put the extra on it. Yeah, yeah, not my proudest moment, I must say. But, I needed uh, a calorie counter right then. But yeah, no, yeah, it would have yeah. been, that would have been that your That would have like buzzed you when you had already yeah. maxed out so your calories. So if an entire business has to, makes their, makes their employees wear calorie counters, would it lower their insurance? Um, I think anything you do proactively to increase someone's health uh, will lower their spend. Yeah, ah, I mean, I like it. I, yeah. I actually have a strange story about that. So when I was in grad school, um, I had a lot of a lot of uh, classmates that were working at Lowe's Corporate in Mooresville, and I had I knew this guy very well. Um, his branch or whatever in Lowe's, they bought everybody a Fitbit, and it was like that first gen Fitbit because I was in school, you know, ten years ago or whatever. And um, they basically created this. It, it was it was employee driven, so yeah. it was it didn't come from the corporate down, but they got it approved to where corporate bought them all a Fitbit. Type yeah. Of thing. And long story short, they they end up getting into this interpersonal uh, competition to get steps in and, and whatever the Fitbit does or mm -hmm. whatever else type of thing. And lo and behold, go figure. You already know the ending of this story. Um, even though the corporate office had spent thousands of dollars getting this whole branch a Fitbit, at the end of the challenge, for the most part, every single person weighed less. They had lower BMI. Um, and and long story short, the story was that um, they ended up saving more on the health insurance annually yeah. based on the condition of the employees at that point. So, totally. Yeah, which, I mean, just makes perfect sense. It's like, why don't more companies do this type of thing? So it's it's just a really interesting thing. Um, let's shift gears a little bit. Uh, on Business Legends, we like to talk to fresh up-and-coming entrepreneurs, people that decide to kind of jump off the ledge and and you know, take the take the trip down, working eighty hours a week, so you don't have to work forty yeah, yeah. for somebody else type of thing. But um, so, how did you get started in in this specific industry? What was your step like? Um, well, I will tell you that it was not uh, the cleanest of paths. Mm -hmm. um, my business is just coming up on two years, mm -hmm. 
and uh, like in the next week. Um, wow. Oh, LinkedIn's happy, lying. Happy anniversary. LinkedIn is lying. Yes. Happy anniversary. Thank it's you. like two years, uh, like it, two months. Yeah, yeah, I know. It like it does a month ahead. I'm like <laughs> it, LinkedIn, it, stop. It read yeah. your mind. Yeah, stop it did. Yeah. Uh, the funny thing is, though, is that I did it at the most inopportune time. I was oh. going through a divorce. Wow. Um, mm. Had three kids. And was like, if I had to double down on anybody, I'd double down on myself all day long. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had been working for another local agency and uh, wanted to kind of move upstream. I wanted to do innovating things. I wanted to kind of push the envelope. And I really um, am crazy passionate about um, our industry. My son, like I said, had a lot of health mm-hmm. issues. He's had seizures. He's oh, wow. had autoimmune-like issues. He's got 55 allergies. And so I've been that frustrated parent mm-hmm. who's sure. like, what the hell's going on here? Like, mm-hmm. we've had all these tests. We don't know what's going on. Like, we've spent thousands of dollars. We've hit our max out of pocket. And so I became a very big um, advocate for my son and myself. And I was like, I see an opportunity to do things better than they're currently done. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's kind of how Thrive got started. There was a very large pun intended when I came up with the name. I thought if I could get employers, employees, communities engaged, I could really make people thrive. I've always believed in health. Um, I ran track in college. I was a dancer for 18 years. I played soccer and lacrosse. Oh, wow. Um, athlete. Athlete, yeah. Mm-hmm. 105 pounds of Jack Steele. Oh, yeah, I got you. <laughs> Jack Steele. <laughs> that's perfect. So, perfect. uh... I have always been really successful in sales, but I never found anything that I felt like was my calling. And being mm-hmm. a millennial, I was like, I need something that I feel, you know, like I'm making a contribution to society. And I love my job. Like mm-hmm. I cannot imagine doing anything else. I totally believe that God placed this in my path. And um, I totally love what I do. Mm-hmm. So what what was the process like? I, I know you want to, you know, double down on yourself. Um, what was it like to go from the other industry was there was there a breaking point where you just decided hey I'm gonna do this for myself now or what was the process like for you um that's a good question I would say that in January two years ago so I started in August in January I was like I gotta do this Mm -hmm. like I have always had a very entrepreneurial spirit I've started different businesses I owned a frozen organic baby food company years ago um yeah that sold at farmers markets co-ops um in Buffalo New York and we got too big and they were like hey we're gonna need you to get your own kitchen and it just at the time I was doing it part-time I was like this doesn't fit in my life yeah um but I basically made a plan like you're doing this. Mm-hmm. And then um, I remember mid-year, I was like, what am I waiting on? Like if I'm going to do it, to your point, Reese, I was like, I got to jump off the cliff. Like mm-hmm. I don't know. This has got to be done. And I remember talking to a business coach who I thought I'd use once I started the business. And he was like, you're a single mom of three kids. Like this business is going to be really an uphill climb like mm-hmm. to make successful and i remember being like challenge accepted yeah Bye. maybe maybe like, that was the no thing you needed yeah, yeah i was like i'm gonna <laughs> why do did this. i hire I'm you wrong. <laughs> are you trying to get hired yes. right now like what are you talking about dude like- and so um yeah it was kind of like a weird process of where i talked to one of my clients and was like hey so i'm starting to kind of think about doing this on my own and they were like yeah we'll come with you oh wow and i was like Okay. Interesting. Well, yeah, that's, that's, a right. good, that's a good little foundational. Piece. Yeah, we, we were discussing this uh, just the other day, something kind of similar in that, you know, most retainer operated businesses, they kind of have like a staple client. They yeah, have like a, they have a customer that you have a very good personal relationship with. 
and it's like they'll they'll come with you through hell and high water totally you know and it's one of those things where you know you didn't jump off the cliff without without a bungee cord totally you know like you had you had something that that maybe pushed you off yeah thing and um it's it's very interesting um it's it's great when you shift from from a business that you're already doing because you've already learned what you need to do type yeah. of thing. And then it's a matter of just doing it for yourself. Yeah. You know? Totally. People think that there's like some smooth transition to opening a business. No. Yeah. Sure if there's not. one thing that business <laughs> legends has taught me, it's that there's there's no linear path. No, whatsoever. there's no blueprint. It's <laughs> it's so funny because I have other like younger insurance agents who are like, I'm thinking about going out on my own. Like you make it seem so glamorous. And I'm like, uh, there is nothing glamorous oh, here. If you think it's glamorous, we yeah. need to talk about entrepreneurship. Yeah, yeah I'm like, I'm the chief bottle washer. Like, yeah. I'm everything. Right, right. Scrub a toilet at 11 yeah. p.m., you know, after <laughs> after, a, after a full night of drinking type of thing. Totally. That's, that's what entrepreneurship's more like. like yeah. You know, it's um, it's very interesting um, from an outside-in perspective. I, I think there's a little bit of grass is always greener uh, with with people like that. that but I don't cool. regret it at all. Like opening, no, opening a business, I guess that was just what I wanted to do. Yeah. Right? But it's like, uh, like I still, I, I would rather work 60 to 80 hours for myself and him. Totally. Versus working for somebody else. My- we- We've determined. Oh, I'm sorry. We've we've determined that I'm unemployable too. So, I was you know? just. I literally was just going to say to you, my dad uses this term that he's always used with me to tell me that I'm functionally unemployable. Oh yeah, yeah. Because I see things that are wrong and I vocalize them. Yeah, you have you have the same personality. I have a I very yep. I have a very visionary personality, and I'm also very operationally like, wait a minute, why are we doing this? Mm-hmm. And people will be like, well, we've been doing it for ten years, and I'm like, well, maybe it needs changing then. And they're yep. like, don't yep. call my baby ugly, and I'm like, but your baby is ugly. <laughs> <laughs> that might get a little personal, but yes. I could I totally see what you're where you're coming from. Like, but I like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You you have you share that personality. Uh, trait in common um dan is the other person that i think about uh we have a good friend named dan mike mike's partner mike sims partner oh yeah, yeah um yeah. he mike mike and dan have a similar relationship to christian and myself and the fact that they've been best friends for a long time and and they have a business together they're both like six foot eight yeah they're both oh, that's gigantic gigantic individuals but they're they're like giant like like cuddly bears every time oh hey man how are you doing and that's exactly how they, both of them sound that way too oh hey man how are you doing and uh and mike I was asking Mike about Dan the other day. I had I had lunch with Mike, and um, Mike's like Mike's like, oh Dan. <laughs> he goes he goes. Thank God he works he works with me because he ain't working nowhere else. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what Christian will, Christian will be saying here. Yeah. Oh Reese, thank God Reese works with me because he won't be working anywhere else. So it's it's interesting how how that type of thing. I think there's a there's a personality. Uh, I don't know if it's a trait or a characteristic or personality type if you believe in that type of thing but there's something that that kind of channels and harnesses the entrepreneurial spirit and totally it's like once it once it bites you it's permanent yeah know? um I, I could never imagine working for somebody else yeah um, not not there's anything wrong with people that do it's just i i wouldn't be happy doing it type yeah of thing. i'd always i'd always look out you know i'd always look out and think what can i do you know for myself to to grow something um one of my business mentors uh talks a lot about legacy and so thinks about how creating a legacy with something that you've that you've done you know some people feel more honorable making you know peanuts per year if they've created something that that followed their own passion or their yeah. own their own influence or that type of thing um then somebody that's a ceo at bank of america or yeah. something like that but anyway um it's it's an interesting climb you know and, and every business has their 
has their different journey, their different um, their different set of challenges and stuff like that. And and speaking of that, what what types of challenges do you have in the benefits industry? What you know, what's the what's some of the ugly things that you see? Oh my goodness, Dealing where do people, I start? Right? <laughs> uh, Lots of babies. Yeah, yeah. I don't even know where to start with that one. I think that um, people see entrepreneurship, like you said, as some linear path, and it totally isn't. I mean. You never realize that you messed up on something until you messed up, and then you're like, "Shit, why did I?" Sorry. Oh, you can we say shit oh, on okay. Business Legends for All sure. All right. Yeah. Actually, shit. We yeah we called for. Yeah, we went. Yeah, we went. Uh, I kind of went off about four episodes ago, and we were talking about free shit. Anyway, yeah. you'll have to listen to that episode because I was I was like on my high horse that. Yeah. One. And honestly, it was probably one of our one of our better episodes between him and I. Have done like five uniquely together. I guess. Nice. And that was definitely the one that stands out to me. It's just it's just going on a rant. So anyway, That's please continue. So, so you know. No, so I, I think that you run into these potholes that you never knew were there. And then all of mm-hmm. a sudden you're like, how did I not know this was a pothole I'd mm-hmm. fall into? And so I think my biggest uh, wonky path has been through like operationally being a manager of people and, you know, creating all these different processes. Because I think a lot of times you emulate what you've seen. Sure. And the agency that I used to work for, I don't think that they worked with the same type of clients. And so I don't think operationally it's the same process. And so I've kind of had to re-engineer the process, Mm -hmm. which in a lot of ways um, has been very foreign to me. And I'm super analytical and I'm very hard on myself. I am definitely my own worst critic. And Mm so I think that figuring out that path and how to – make myself be where I feel proud of it um, and where I feel like things are kicking ass and um, has been a really big, um, you know, challenge for me to learn and grow. But Mm -hmm. I I, I found it really good. I posted on LinkedIn two days ago. I lost my first client uh, two days ago. And uh, it was really funny because uh, I sent them a report last night telling them that uh, they had just saved $370,000 for six months. Mm -hmm. Um, So sometimes you lose clients because the personalities just don't mesh. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you lose them because, um, you know, you're not saving them enough money, Mm -hmm. which is never my case. Um, But I think that everybody wants to be treated differently. And every business is so insanely unique. And there's a lot of paternalistic businesses Mm -hmm. where – Although it's a finance decision, HR is super involved. And I think being a chameleon um, has also been a big learning experience. Absolutely. I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, we've, we've discussed these exact same things many times. Yeah. Like with, you know, with different industries, different people. And, and at the end of the day, you, know, you can almost always sum businesses up by their interpersonal relationships. Totally. And it, it's very interesting because there's certain personality types just – Christian and I are very similar people. We have very similar personalities, but when we're different, we're dead opposite. Right? Yeah. And we're dead opposite on a lot of things. But um, there's certain personalities that he handles much better than I do, for example. Totally. And and the same goes vice versa. But um, it, it's particularly challenging. Um, and one of the one of the biggest challenges that, that I've learned through different careers and whatnot is that you can do a good job for somebody 12 days in a row. And the 13th, you know, maybe you're having a bad day, you broke up with your girlfriend, or, you know, you got into a fight with her or something, or... Or you know you just didn't get enough sleep that night, and you kind of you kind of snap on them a oh, little yeah. bit, and uh, and you know they just run out on you type of thing. Um, you know we live in a very flighty world where sometimes I feel like the loyalty is is a little less than what it used to be. 
Totally. Yeah, we had this uh, we had this customer. I won't say her name or anything, but it was uh, four months. We were killing it for him. And I think it was around July 4th. We had uh, Everybody takes a vacation July 4th, right? So we had some forwarded emails going out for one of our campaign managers. And uh, we didn't get back to the customer. They emailed us July 3rd at like 10 p.m. We got back to them on July 5th. And before we got back to them that morning on July 5th, they had emailed a cancellation letter to us, mm-hmm. even though they had gotten positive ROI for four months in a row. Mm-hmm. Super days. positive, too. Yeah. yeah. And I was yes. like, what? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> come on. <laughs> yeah. But, but you know, the, the final, if, if there's any one thing that, I've, that I believe truly about business is that we're better off without them. Honest to God, I truly believe that because, you know, if they're going to be that unreasonable with, with something like that, and especially – not giving you an opportunity to explain. Um, you've done a good job for them at every corner type of thing, mm-hmm. and they're operating outside of the realm of reason. They're they're probably going to be too yeah. much of a pain in the neck. And, but at the same time, for business for people who want to be business owners, I feel like you absolutely have to most of the time reflect inwardly. Yeah, oh, you totally. can't fix your customers. You can mm-hmm. only fix what your process is like. Yeah, um, and that's all there is to it. You can't go. Ah, customer change. Right. But I think that that's the biggest blessing in disguise when you're an entrepreneur is that you look at mm. things like that and say, what could I have done? Because mm-hmm. relationships is all for two reasons. I do that too yeah. much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I do too. Yeah. But I would say that overall it's pushed me to be a better business owner. Mm-hmm. It's pushed me to be a better manager. It's pushed me to, you know, be better operationally, which I don't think is my natural strong suit. And mm-hmm. so I think that um, those challenging customers or those ones who, you know, are difficult to please – are generally the ones that teach you the most about what you want out of your business and what you don't want out of your business mm-hmm. and yeah. um, that type I, of thing. I agree 100%. <laughs> I, I will say personally that, that that's been my business struggle. Or my, my business struggle. My biggest business struggle as an entrepreneur is is reflecting inwardly. Um, I, you Only know, child, egotistical. <laughs> he has a lot of trouble reflecting inwardly. Hey, I, <laughs> listen, for all of my sins, self-awareness is not one of them. Um, but... It, it's very difficult when, when I get into a situation like that. I couldn't that. tell he was an only child. Yeah. But that's, that's why we're so well balanced. Like he'll come to me and be like, this happened and it's so unreasonable. Like, okay, why what, did, what, did we, yeah. what did we do wrong? How can yeah. we yeah. fix it? What are you talking He's about? Like, no, we, we didn't do anything wrong. We didn't do anything wrong. wrong. We're perfect. I'm awesome. I love no, me. I say we and he goes, I didn't do anything wrong. What, am I talk- what are you talking about? I'm awesome. That's how it goes. Yeah. Well, Rachel, that, that pretty much sums up our time for today. Thanks for uh, thanks for joining us, and especially for for the uh, ending rant there. But um, let's say we got a business that's looking for uh, some some help with their employee benefits and such. How how can they get a hold of you? Uh, they can email me r minor m i n e r at thrive t h r i v e dash benefits plural dot com, or um, they can call me. I mean, I'm more than happy to give out my phone number. It's seven zero four. Four four nine seven seven one eight. Okay, perfect, very good. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. You have a funny question. I don't have any. Funny I don't questions. have a funny question actually. Man, we've been really slacking on that. I like, normally have really funny answers, so that's dude. kind of a bummer. Oh, oh no! Oh, oh the, the, the the TikTok. Thing. Yeah. The TikTok. All right, thing. So explain us the TikTok oh, thing and do us do us TikTok. All right, thing. Okay. all right. <laughs> So shy. Fair warning, this will be the thumbnail for the video. Yeah, shy. <laughs> shy Save money on insurance. Shy and awkward yeah. guy on TikTok. He does food reviews. He's very uh, shy and awkward guy. Yeah, he. Um, my daughter I and I. Off. I can't deal with this. My daughter and I started uh, watching these, and our favorite one is a Red Lobster one, 
where he basically just gets plates full of food and he eats them and he makes comments on them. And it's a total spoof. It's not his normal personality. I'm not making fun of like somebody with a disability. Yeah. Um, but his accent, uh, when he eats the Cheddar Bay Biscuits, is like, Cheddar Bay Biscuit. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> <laughs> and it's the best. You got to watch it. Yeah. I, I will I will say you nailed it. I'm so glad that I turned oh, yeah. my mic off. I, I, was, I was losing it off camera here. But you definitely sound like our friend Tim for thank sure you. anyways. But Rachel, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me.